Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Eventide Entertainment presents The Drive-In, hosted by Aaron Lopez. All right, well, welcome back to the second part of our Infinity War discussion. Last week, we wrapped up with a little bit of a discussion there on on Thanos and on his beliefs and philosophies. Um, And this week, we're going to pick right back up with that discussion of Thanos and Gamora. Uh, So we'll get right back into it. Enjoy second half of Infinity War discussion with John, Casey, and Jack. This is, we, we kind of like got a little bit off, but like we were talking about Gamora and Thanos as a child, uh, Gamora as a child, and um, Thanos has this like fatherly connection to Gamora. He g- takes her aside and shows her this double-sided dagger, and he holds it out on his hand and on his finger, and he says it's balanced, um, and, you know, one on one, too much on one side or too much on the other, and you lose the balance, and he gives it to her, and um, at that point, then we see half of the uh, planet be killed. Um or half the population. So this is kind of this play-in of his motivation, um, almost a sympathetic moment of him protecting her from seeing all this, um, but then it flashes back to her, who's holding this dagger, um, and she then is talking to Quill about something she knows that she can't tell him. She tells him that he'll know, and it's the reason why Thanos is going to want her, which is essentially she knows where the Soul Stone is. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, one of a couple, um, we, we'll get to back to nowhere in a second, but a very uh, important moment between um, Quill and Gamora. They very they've teased it throughout the entire Guardians that they're mm-hmm. they're a thing, um, but they really haven't gotten serious about it up until the point where she's begging him. If it comes down to him getting me or me dying, you have to kill me. Like he cannot find out where the Soul Stone is. Um, and he's like, no, I won't do it. And she's like, no, seriously. And then we do have a nice moment with Drax eating, like, 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 like Star Lord and Gamora finally kiss. Which I, yeah. that that is one love story I've always like been happy that they've shown. Yeah, they played it up. I've, that's one I'm really glad they built up because it finally pays off there, and then it pays off on nowhere too. Yes. And like, and then I thought it was really sweet. And then Drax comes in and makes it funny, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Drax, Drax is easily one of the funniest characters in the MCU. It's, mm-hmm. oh, I love tracks. <laughs> it's like I, I, I have um, mastered being so uh, still that you, I am invisible to the eye. And he's like starts bringing a chip up to his mouth, and she's like, "No, you, 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 we can see you." He's like, "I'm going so slow, that you cannot even perceive that I'm here still." Mantis comes and in. Like, like, Mantis. Mantis. Hi, Drax. Damn it! Damn it. He, he crumples up the bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, we get this play up that. Um, of what Gamora wants Quill to do, and then on on Nowhere, it actually comes into play. Um, after she, quote, kills Thanos, um, you hear Thanos' voice, and it starts to sweep this red line um, of this the reality stone, and he's, he's created a false reality. He wanted to know that she still cared about him. Um, and so 
everything, including the collector, who I'm pretty sure Benicio del Toro was was destroyed as the collector um, as he was as Thanos was getting this uh, reality stone. And it's really cool. Like it's almost like one of those like star sweeps across, and it t- mm-hmm. shows you from the real like what we have been seeing nowhere to be to this burnt, destroyed wasteland of what nowhere now really is. Um, it was a very George Lucas transition shot. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just swipe or what's it? A star swipe. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was cool. Like I thought the visually was neat. But then you see, um, you see. Thanos walking up, and he now has the Reality Stone, and Drax is all pissed off, and Drax is going to run at him, and Drax then actually gets like cut up into pieces, Turned like, into, like blocks or something. Chunks, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he gets chunked out, and then um, Mantis literally is like a string, like her whole body becomes like like ribbon coils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I really liked that because that's what happens in the in the comic. You see, like they're talking about each stone and what it does to Thanos because they even mention like you have to be extremely powerful to to. Uh, wield more than one, like one stone alone, but more than one. It takes a toll on him, um, and it talks about what re- his reality has actually become very um, fragmented. And so it's kind of cool in the comic. You see, like his his face, like chunked up and all like trippy and on acid and stuff. It looks like it's pretty cool that they did that. Um, I thought that meant though that those two were done. That's like, what I thought too. Right? Sam, yeah. I yeah. was I was kind of uh, hoping, but then you also saw the trailers with him on Titan. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I mean, well, like, see, that's the thing is we can't trust the trailers anymore. Oh, I'm never trusting like, the Marvel trailer anymore. Never again. Um, but then this is where the moment of uh, Gamora gets captured by Thanos, and um, he points the gun at her, and um, he's she's saying, "You got to do it. You got to do it." And he's like, "I'm going to no." And he's like, "No." She's not talking this, about. This was the first time I cried. This was the first moment that actually got rough. me to cry <laughs> mm-hmm. because she's like, "I love you," and he's like, "I love you too," and he looks away. He doesn't even look at her. He like close. They make a point. He closes his eyes and pulls the trigger, and like, and then it's bubbles, and it's like, oh man. I just, the, the moment of like having to go through the decision of doing that, and then not even getting to it, for it to happen is rough. It pull. It comes back again with Scarlet Witch and and Vision, like making them go through more pain than just physically having it happen, which probably is. There's that desensitizing and de um, and taking away the sympathy um, from from Thanos is that he would do that to them, um, but then he has this like he does this we haven't talked about it yet but it's like this like black mass behind him and he like steps back his transportation is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, See that's the, I was a bit detached to that scene because he was right there he was right beside Gamora the entire time watching it happen letting it happen he goaded him to do mm-hmm. it he was like yeah go ahead and he's just chunks Drax and, and uncoiled Mantis I'm like, does, he, he has all the power to not let this happen mm-hmm. I never at one point feared for it it was great that he did it that he pulled the trigger and it really shows kind of how much he cared that he would go through that for her mm-hmm. beautiful character I always yeah. thought it was more of like because Thanos he led it up to believe he was trying to call his bluff I think Thanos didn't think he would actually pull the trigger but just in case he had the bubble gun ready. Mm-hmm. So I think Thanos was always like, you're not going to pull the trigger. So go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Prove it. Pull the trigger. He was so. trying to split the two. Like, basically showing, like, you. he made the promise to Gamora, but he, he you can't ask him to do that. He doesn't He doesn't have enough strength to do that. Um, I think, So he's trying to basically undercut Quill. Um, but, it, of course, he has the reality stone. He has, you know, uh, the, power and space. The, the power in space. But... He has the ability to, to do really whatever he wants at this point. Right, and it's a real dad moment. It's real dad, you know, you're picking up my daughter for prom type thing. <laughs> oh, you're taking my daughter to prom, are you? I mean, the same thing with um, in Spider-Man, where, you know, he's having the heart, yeah. heart in the car. 
same kind of thing. And then even as he steps out, I like him and steps out because that part I really I like how they added that because they didn't have to have him say, say anything. No, but it it just adds to the point that he is he's a father. He cares about Gamora, and that's why he's there. That's, yeah, I thought they would have made the whole purpose of it about her. And if they had, it would have made getting the Soul Stone so much more dredging and powerful. But oh, that still hit me pretty hard. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it no, did. They did. That yeah, was boy. rough. Yeah, that was really rough. Um, so they they are done on nowhere. Um, they're kind of you get uh, Drax and uh, Mantis who kind of pull them literally pull themselves back together, um, and then Star Lord is is quite distraught because now uh, Gamora has been taken. Then we jump over to Nedavellir, uh, which is where Thor, Rocket, and Groot are, um, and it's this this dead star, neutron star. Yep, mm. and he's like, "This is not where that something happened here. This is not what this place looks like." Right. And they go through it, and um, out of nowhere, you basically see this large giant. Um, come in after Thor has kind of looked around a little bit. Oh, we forgot. Thor finally gets his eye back, which I think is interesting. Um, it's a brown one. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that he gets his eye back. Well, I'm just like, of course they didn't want the eye patch to last forever. I thought it would at least lasted the whole movie, and then maybe something happened. But it's like maybe half the movie, and they're like, oh no, okay. Mm. We're t- he's got tired of wearing it, so they're like, all right, fine, we'll give you another eye. Um, but yeah, he gets his eye back, and so he comes back, and and we we finally find out where Peter Dinklage was in this whole movie. Uh, he, ironically enough, plays a dwarf. Surprise, surprise! But a giant dwarf. So like a really, really, really big dwarf. Yeah, they gave him that at least. Um, it just seems like a like a dick move. <laughs> like I would love, I would just love to be in that pitch meeting. They call Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, guess what? We want you to play a dwarf in the Marvel universe. What? Can you? <laughs> well, he's king of the dwarves, at least. Mm. Um, I'm looking it up. It's um, he's already been an X-Men, Etri. though. It's a bit of a bit of a problematic point there, but yeah. No, but that that whole universe is getting retconned. Let's that universe it is, is gone at some point, which is I think is going to allow us to finally get um, a an Avengers versus X-Men, but it's not going to be the Avengers versus X-Men that we want no. because all the Avengers are probably going to be different. Um, unless they go back and reboot the whole series, but I just can't. Or it could just be like a Spider-Man with the X-Men, because he's with the X-Men in a lot of different comic stories. Yeah. I think mean, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're on Ned of Lear, and Peter Dinklage comes in and just starts wailing on um, Thor and Rocket and Groot, and then they realize it's that he realizes that it's Thor, and he's like, you were supposed to protect us. What happened? You were supposed to protect. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, uh, there is no Asgard left, and this is where you start to see how things went. Um, you also see that um, Dinklage's character, the the king of the dwarves, uh, it, these these dwarves on this planet were able to are able to forge really any weapon, anything, um, with the power of that the star that they have. Um, this is where the Infinity Gauntlet was forged. This is where Mjolnir was forged. I also think this is where they forged the Black Order's weapons too. Could have very because well they been. talked because when Vision gets stabbed, he's like, I couldn't face through it, and they're like, that that shouldn't be possible. I. Th- think they also made the Black Order weapons here. They don't say it, but that would be the only way I can think it'd be possible for them to be able to beat an Infinity Stone's power. Yeah, yeah and it's an easy possibility, given mm-hmm. that, you know, Because they'd be like, make all these weapons there. and make my yeah. gauntlet, and yeah. then he kills them all anyway. I think, there's no, I think there's two. Gloves tend to come in pairs. I think there's a second one. I think there's a right hand. Well, they even had it, they had the one on, um, it was the... the from the Thor, fake one. From the, the fake one, yeah. yeah. The so they did that. 
Um, and they had the mold from. So yeah, I don't know. That maybe there we'll get part two. Maybe we'll uh, see. We'll see. Um, Someone gets a Finny Gauntlet. Ooh. Hulk. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. The, oh, geez. His his, his, his his hands would fit in there. <laughs> right. I'm sure it would fit to the size of whoever's wearing it. Really? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the stone, the the Mind Stone, changed its size to fit in the gauntlet. True. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you could change, if you can wipe out half existence with the snap of your fingers, I think you can change a gauntlet to fit your hand. <laughs> I say, if you're wearing that, it's going to fit your hand. It's like the one ring. It just resizes as needed. <laughs> exactly. Every time. Oh, jeez. Um, and we get this great moment where Mantis will put it on, and, yeah. And It'd have all great. the fields. I kind of right, Captain exactly. America to wear it, to be perfectly honest. Hmm? He would be the part of... Part I feel of like Captain America would be, if an Avenger got to wear it to fix things, I think it would be Captain America. Hmm. But that's... Because there's also a theory I have with how they're going to end his character, but we can, we can, we can get to that eventually. But. Next year. Next year, when they when they actually finish it, I'll I'll know whether I was right or wrong. But that that whole sequence around restarting the star and then forging, apart from the group bit, I was a bit mad about when he you know cut his hand off and turned it into the hand. I was like, ah, eh, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, he had, he had to do something. He had to do something. Apart from just playing game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Poor Vin Diesel. Hey, Vin, just two lines and you're good. <laughs> like, yeah, I still that's the most expensive two lines I've ever like, seen, though. I still like, yeah. I understand it, but like. It doesn't even resemble him in any way. Like, I don't, I don't hear Vin. I mean, because granted, even when he was in the first one before he became a child, um, but it's still, it's like, what's the, what's the point? Right. Like, I, you could have just had anybody. Like you said, the most two, the two most expensive lines. I don't know. Marvel, I'll do it for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, and a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like Little Caesars, even. Um, no, the the whole sequence of that was great. Um, like really showing off the power of Thor and and you know like the the surfing kite surfing whatever it was on the was, on the discs cool. mm-hmm. um, and then standing in and really kind of showing off hey Thor is right now the only challenger to Thanos the only yeah. one who can really yeah, stand up to him blunt force of the sun to his back yeah mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah and it's in yeah. you know you get a little Dinklage joke where we have him saying you know like, it'll kill you. Um, but only, or what did he say? Um, he's like, you know, you're about to take the full power of the sun, right? It's suicide. He's like, only if I die. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, what killing you that's means. What it means. That's, that's what like I mean that. by it. We kill you. Um, and it just it was it was nice to see um, group finally do something. Um, because it wasn't that it was a was literally frustrating, but it was just kind of boring. Like we get it, Groot's an angsty teenager, but it, it was cool that he finally decided to do something about it. Um, and I the weapon looked badass with yeah. like a tree trunk basically as its uh, as its handle. Mm-hmm. The um, only thing that I, I that kind of struck me as weird about that was that uh, they did a whole lot of work in terms of like opening up the lens and everything like that, mm-hmm. and melting the metal and all of that. But at the end of the day, like the forging of the powerful, powerful, powerful weapon seemed really easy. Mm-hmm. Like it just seemed like oh, it's already done. Cool. Yeah, I just pour it in and he just breaks it up. Where's the handle? Where's the handle? Like. <clears throat> For for something that literally is you know uh, the only weapon powerful enough to defeat Thanos, um, at least in, in theory, it seemed yeah. A little anticlimactic, I thought, but quick. Yeah. Um, well, that, at that point, you were already doing. We've we jumped a lot actually, because at that point, when they make the weapon, we're already at the Battle of Wakanda. We're already yes. at the Battle of Titan. Past Titan. I don't oh, think we wow, could. True, I don't yeah. think we could spend any more time worrying about this weapon. We kind of like okay, we need Thor in this. Yeah, weapon. we need to get we, it there. We need Thor now. So. Um, so let's let's jump back. We do have we have Vormir, Titan, and Wakanda to deal with. Um, 
so let's look at uh, let's look at Vormir because it's there's really only one thing that happens there, and then we can kind of look at Wakanda and Titan. It's a very important one thing, um, but it's only one thing. Um, so Vormir shows up, and I have to admit, being a huge Marvel fan, I've never even heard of Vormir, so this was a brand new um, space for me. Um, but this is where the Soul Stone is. We find uh, that we need to go to Vormir after we get back to uh, Thanos' ship, and this is where Nebula comes into play um, for the first time. And we see, she, we know that she has been made up. She's more machine than than creature or, or person at this point um, from her discussions in Guardians 2. Um, but we see her actually literally being pulled apart as a torture device and being used to get Gamora to tell where the Soul Stone is. She's just an exploded view form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God, that was... The detail in that, though, because like all oh, the yeah. individual parts that mm -hmm. he was able to pull apart and then use the gauntlet to like probably amplify its power... Well, and, and yeah, and every time he just he's pulling her apart even more, and that eventually is what gets Gamora to say, "It's on Vormir." Um, before this, though, on the throne room, we really see Gamora's pure hatred um, for for him, for Thanos, and we start to see though Thanos actually saying like, "I know," but and this is where we get this potentially that he does really still care about Gamora, even though he is not able to show it just for whatever for multiple reasons. Mm. Um, but, but ultimately, uh, Thanos then does get Gamora to say where where the Soul Stone is, and um, they go to Vormir to to take care of it. Um, they it's they basically go up to the top of a mountain. We see a shadowy, cloaked figure floating. I thought that was gonna be Death. I thought it was too. So That's what I, I thought because I I heard the voice and I didn't recognize it at first. I thought, is this Death? Is this how they bring Death into the universe? Yep. That would have been really cool. And then. But I mean, I'm perfectly fine with what they did. Yeah. But that's I thought I, it was gonna be death. I'm not. It felt really forced. There was no need for him. There was no need to throw Red Skull in there at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So if you guys are, are to kind of catch up, the, this shadowy floating figure then gets down to the ground, takes off the or we steps forward kind of, and we see Red Skull. Red Skull is now guarding the Soul Stone. Which I'm always gonna do now that the Soul Stone's been taken, but. I don't know the how the hell, I, how did he show up there? I really well, thought... Well, the Space Stone 1 took him somewhere. Sent him somewhere in We the don't universe. know where. Uh, okay. So yeah. he could have just got taken to that planet. I just don't know how he's survived and learned all this information. Right. Maybe he took the mantle from... So maybe, he's like a, maybe he's like a messenger of death. Maybe like death sent him, like chose, went to him and told him what to do because... Reasons? Because he killed a lot of people on Earth? It, it, it felt like they were just trying to get the number of like people from the MCU in there, and they crowbarred in Red Skull for for five minutes. For And like you you needed someone there to explain how to get the Soul Stone, otherwise it's just Thanos and Gamora walking around going, well, is it is there a book or a map or something? How do we find it? You need, They required someone to explain it the way they set it up. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, it might have thrown like a dart at a dartboard, and who do we have yet? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay, they justified it with like you know the stone took him there and made him the guardian of the soul stone because he's never going to be able to achieve it, mm -hmm. and you know that's really interesting and all. But like watching the film, I did get that sensation where like he took his hood off and it was Red Skull, and I was like, oh, that's. Huh, that's explains, right explains where he is because like I saw the second time I saw I saw it with my brother, and I was waiting for his reaction for that moment. He took off the hood and he goes, well. That wasn't expected. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense initially. You can go back and look, and you're like, okay, well, he is somewhere, and I guess you know, okay, this makes sense. 
But it just your initial reaction is like unnecessary. Next, it's like really Red Skull. Like I think death probably would have been a cooler way if mm. it was death. Yeah, well, and you I, had to I give don't death know somebody gonna, to get the Soul Stone. But yeah. I don't think they're gonna have death in this. I thought that Hella would have been death because she had that you know vibe, and she mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. didn't. We didn't see her die. We saw like her jump at whatever his name was. Um, Soots or something like that, or Sutar. Sut- uh, Sutar. Sutar was the name of the plant, wasn't it? Suter, ah, I can't. I thought it was like Suter, like, or like Satur or something. Bob, let's go, Bob. Bob, Bob, the big dragon fire dude. <laughs> the Deus um, Ex Machina of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, um, but he, yeah, it's it was one of those things where I, I just felt like there were so many other potential routes you could have gone that Red Skull didn't seem. Surter was his name. Surter. He's he served his purpose. I mean, he did. It was yeah. cool to be like, oh, that's where Red Skull is. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Death would have been a cooler. Way of doing it, yeah. So well, the, especially because of what happens. Um, yeah. So there's one, the getting of the soul stone. Oh my god, that it, it's. I liked it. I thought it really kind of humanized Thanos and that he had to give up the thing that he prized most. But then I'm wondering if that's the thing he prized most. Why is he doing everything else? Mm-hmm. That's again. I, I keep calling into his question his character, and he's he's very like I I see it from an engineering perspective because this is the plan. We're gonna do the plan. And half half is fair, half is random and logical and makes sense. But then, if he cares about Gamora more than anything else, the one thing he loves more than anything else, yeah. And he he calls it out that you know I made that mistake once, won't do it again. Okay, so he's trying to not repeat the sins of the past. I do have a theory about this, mm-hmm. and it ties into the ending that she is in the soul stone. That her soul is that the soul stone is populated by the soul you sacrifice. And that's the cost that you were haunted by the soul you gave up. And that's why, going back at the end of Child Gamora, mm. asking him what did it cost, and he says everything. That does make sense. Could be. Because we do have that scene at the end where he snaps his fingers, and then it's that orange, yeah. con- conveniently yeah, orange like, space. Well, what did it cost? He's like, everything. Yeah. So that's well, and possible. that's something, too, is... is um, so there, Jordan gave out the theory that she thinks that once we get to this point where everything kind of plays out, Gamora could be back. We destroy the soul stone, then her soul comes back, and then so she is able to come back. Mm-hmm. I... We know this Guardians three coming out, so it makes sense that she would come back. But she's the only of she's the only one of the Guardians that that dies outside of the snap. Yeah. So it when makes is sense. Guardians three coming out. There's a Guardians 2020? three. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Because that's the movie where Adam Warlock comes in. Okay. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be uh, not the villain, but one of the main mm-hmm. conflicts of that movie. Because people thought he would have the Soul Stone, because apparently in all the comics. Yeah, because everyone's talking about how like that's how he was getting made in the birthing pouch yeah. with the Soul Stone. That's what I thought mm. was going to happen. Because were... a lot of people thought because in every version of the universe, at some point he has it. At some random point in the sequence, he ends up with it. Apparently, that's what I, I mean, maybe he comes in. What? Maybe he comes in early for Avengers Four before Guardians Three, and I, he I... takes the Soul Stone and leaves. I think if we we might see a tease uh, post credits for Captain Marvel because it's the last that'd be the last one literally like two months before the la- the next Avengers film which I think this one because Captain Marvel is not supposed to be the thing that protects and and defeats uh, Thanos like is it supposed to be Adam Warlock yeah Warlock is the only thing that's able to prevent it um, and so I'm just like. I'm okay if Marvel, if Captain Marvel is the one that does it, just because it'd be cool and different, and they don't have to stick to the comics. But I, you can't tease Warlock and have nothing when he is so closely tied. Like you look at the Infinity War, uh, or the Infinity, sorry, not Infinity War, but the Infinity Gauntlet series. Like he is a major player. Like he is the number one player in the entire thing outside of the, the 
heroes that we have. And so for him to not be in it at all just seems weird. So I think he's he's got to be in it before Guardians 3. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but he, they could also be playing to save him for a future big group-up movie with, it could be. with another big player because they're still Galactus. Now they have Sony, they have Galactus that can come in, or they don't even they might not even kill off Thanos at the end of 4, and he could come back. We don't we don't know what they're going to do. Silver Surfer's going to show up, and it's just like, hey, I'm back. Silver Surfer's going to show up at the end of Avengers 4. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's keep going here. So Vormir... Uh, we, we we kind of alluded to it a bit, but we didn't actually talk about what actually happened. Um, so Thanos is standing on the top of this mountain, and uh, Red Skull says, you know, in order to get the Soul Stone, you must give up the one thing that you love the most. Um, you have to sacrifice. Um, and you see Thanos starting to cry, and uh, Gamora kind of just hits him. Like, just, is like, ha, 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 universe says no. And, you know, you finally, you're finally told no, you finally can't do what you want. And she's like, you know, I don't buy those tears at all. He's like, what do you have to cry for? And Red Skull says he's not crying for him. As him. soon as he said, I, he, they're, they're not, not for him. Not for him. I, my heart sank because I knew exactly well, I, what I, I, we, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But when he said that, it was like, oh, it's real. And the slow motion of him grabbing her by the arm and, like, her trying to, like, hit him off was just, mm-hmm. oh, Sucked, and then he throws her, and he's crying, and she's falling, and then all of a sudden we see her just sitting at the and bottom. You see blood. Yeah. You, know, you do see blood around her head, which I was like, "That's a really." And they cut the sound, which is a thing that they did that made it really dramatic, and I appreciated it. Yeah. I also like how it was quick, because like they could have really dragged it out, and like mm-hmm. him holding her mm-hmm. over the edge, and like them saying a goodbye or something. But they, they just, he just tossed her. He just he tossed knew her. What he had to do? Because he knew mm-hmm. he couldn't. He might, because I don't think he would have been able to do it. Yeah, if he hesitated, out. yeah, no, there was no way he'd be able to do it. I think it reinforces his character that like he makes decisions and he follows them through. He doesn't has, he doesn't second guess. Like I have to do this, I'm gonna do it. He does it. He kind of second guesses a few times in this movie. Does I feel he? like. Well, yeah, like because when he when Captain America gets in for that final like few little jabs and then tries to hold the gauntlet back, like when you see his face, he kind of has a bit of like he's confused. He's, as to how he's what's a going bit on. of hesitation. I feel yeah. like in that moment he like realizes how desperate they were trying to stop him. Maybe even for like the quickest moment, he's thinking maybe he's not in the right here, but then he finally follows through and just bashes him in the face. Which I it's a small moment. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a very, a very quick, quick moment, moment but yeah. it's a still like they make a point to show Captain America trying so hard, and they make a big point to show him like not because he he didn't look angry, he didn't look sad, he didn't look yeah. upset or like happy that this they were struggling so hard. He looked a bit conflicted. He looked as if he wasn't quite sure what. Well, he was doing his right for a moment, but then as soon as he punched him in the face, and as soon as he got the stone, he was finally like, yeah, this is right, this is right. Well, that kind of takes us, I think, into Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I mean, we do have a lot with Wakanda, but I think we can talk about Wakanda all at once, because um, it kind of, little things here and there happen, um, but it kind of jumps to a point where I think we can talk about it as once. So at Titan, um, we see, we see... Iron Man, Strange, and Peter, um, and yeah, and, and Peter Parker show up because this is where this is where they crash. I mean, the Guardians. Yeah, and they crash here, and so they're like, okay, and then all of a sudden, Star Lord and Drax and Mantis um, are there, and they are. There's a pretty cool fight. It was almost like what another like civil war. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, we're seeing these guys fighting each other, um, and so what happens is you get a kind of a. a uh, Mexican standoff where it's like you've got each of them are, are 
almost ready to shoot the other or dismantle the other um, and then by happenstance you find out that they're all against Thanos and they're like oh who are you like we're the Avengers like who what do you think who are you or like we're the Guardians and they're like oh because then you really didn't realize that again we're so used to seeing all these characters you don't realize mm-hmm. that they've never actually interacted even though it feels like they have right. um, so you're playing this up and it's like okay and you start to figure out what's going on um, and Again, as we alluded to earlier, there's this idea of um, a power struggle between Tony Stark and Peter Quill. They're both used to being the number ones, and now they're being told, like, hey, there could be someone else with a better idea. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting um, dynamic just because Star-Lord's never really been up against anybody. Like, he's never really had to... Uh, before this movie, because he's dealt with he's dealt with uh, Thor, he's dealt with um, now Iron Man. I think the only one that he really doesn't interact with is Captain, um, as far as like the big leadership uh, type type guys. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think though that he stands up in it? Because it's it is technically his plan that almost gets the Infinity Gauntlet away from Thanos. So where do you think he lines up as far as like a leadership role um, in comparison to what your your other three main guys? I think it, it's really interesting if you look at the the internal mechanics of the Guardians of the Galaxy because I think Quill has this thing where he's pulling double duty as the leader uh, because he's both clever and he's like the heart of the team basically yeah. and and he he gets a lot of mileage out of being the heart in a lot of his role um, but then, like, he does, he is the one of the Guardians that comes up with the plan because he's clever. It's not that he's, like, a master strategist like, you know, Captain America or that he's, like, super intelligent like Tony Stark. It's that he's clever and, like, he knows generally how to survive. Yeah, the, it was a... I, I, had, I had some issues with the, the coordination they just seemed to have after being there for half an hour. That Strange was just magicking portals everywhere, and they were jumping in at the magic, exact... magic, all the magic, magic punch. It was, it was, it was a great sequence. It was a great sequence to watch in terms of Quill's organizational thing. I mean, I, it could have been anyone's plan. It was a great plan, and then he ruined it. As I say, that's the, the funny part about <laughs> it. Is after this, this awesomely like coordinated fight that works very well. He got emotional, and it's like of all the times to to lose it, could have waited. But that's a perfectly minute. within his character, though. It like, is. Oh, it is. Emotion has always driven Peter so hard. So I'm not. So everyone, because I, I've kept reading online. Everyone's like, that's so like out of character for Peter. Like he ruined the plan and all this and all that. I'm like, but his whole force was mo- was emotion. Like it was loss of his mother that mm-hmm. forced him to go. Like got him into space and that kept him going. Uh, it's having like, to kill his father. Having to kill his father. Uh, mm. The moment he thought that his father killed his mother, mm-hmm. he didn't even he didn't even hesitate. He just shot him yeah. like seven times in the face mm-hmm. and it's that emotional drive I think uh, if you look at that moment where he realizes that his father killed his mother and it like the camera does that like um, oh, I forget the rack, term but rack, like rack focus yeah. yes and uh, he just automatically just starts he doesn't even know he's doing it at that point he just automatically just starts shooting him so I mean they've always kind of played with the whole emotions take over any impulse things but when mm-hmm. they give him they he talks about it in this too it's that, that human side of him is yes he is part Celestial. Yeah. Celestial, but he is human, and the human aspect always takes over in every situation. Um, but that's also good because the human aspect is what makes him relatable, and it makes him, you know, uh, 
have the opportunity to really play up this uh, unpredictability, which works in his favor. But in this time, the human aspect actually kills him and everybody else. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know of all the of all the characters that were in that fight. I don't know who wouldn't have kind of lost it a little bit. Yeah, depending on who, like, if it was the person that they cared most for, I feel like Iron Man would have done the same thing. Peter definitely would have done the same thing because he's still he's still younger. Oh yeah, so Iron Man definitely would have. Iron Man, yeah, Iron Man's one of the quickest ones. Like, yeah, he tried to kill Iron, Captain and Bucky because of his mom. I don't. I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah. if like he's mm-hmm. like I killed Pepper too, he would have been first to try to blast his face off. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it you know the the sequence itself I thought was very well put together. Again, I don't know because we looked at earlier where you have Strange and Iron Man who could not work together at all in the first New York fight, and now all of a sudden it's probably one of the more coordinated fights we've seen in the entire eighteen movies. Mm-hmm. Just very with with how many moving pieces it had. Um, it just it it looked cool. It was just not maybe the most believable. Because um, they didn't have that much time to coordinate it, too. But it seemed like right. it had it to be like a certain It seemed like the only real people that had to work together was Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, though. Which but, could have been just Spider-Man and Spider-Man. But the timing of it, too, with like Mantis at a certain point getting on top of his head. And Drax hit him from behind a couple times. Like well, Drax can... only actually... If, I, if I'm remembering the fight correctly, because I don't... It, I could be remembering it wrong, but it's just they're fighting, and then for a while, Spider-Man's distracting him, jumping through all these portals, which could be a spider sense of why he's able to do this so well, Yeah. and then he's fighting, and then as soon as Thanos grabs him and puts him down, then Drax comes in for an attack. I feel like nobody else really starts jumping in until another person is, needs them to get off. So, like, they're all kind of just keep... They're waiting for their moment, and Mantis doesn't even come in until Thanos can't move. Yeah. So I... And if, if I was to argue against my own point of the, the coordination... Strange has seen 14 million versions of this fight at this point, so maybe he knows roughly where the portals should go. Yeah. And at what points he should put them there. It is cool to see the interactions with Strange, um, with the like the stepping stones that he did with Quill, um, which that was cool, and then also with the portals. I think it's it's kind of one of those things that we really wanted to see more of that. We didn't see a whole lot of the how they interact, how their powers interact. Um, in this movie, like there wasn't a whole lot of it was more like you do your thing, I'll do mine, and we'll do it at the same time. Not like my thing helps you do something. Um, here and there we got it, but this is really where it kind of showed the uh, the most, I think. Well, the other thing is we've got three major characters who have different powers than the last time we saw them. Spider Man has a whole brand new suit mm-hmm. that's apparently extremely intuitive that has extra arms and legs and functionality. Stark's suit can now do anything, including yeah. turn his feet into a rocket booster. The physics is baffling, but we'll we'll gloss over well, that. Bit. superhero film. It is, but so up, sure. up, up until that point, it was so realistic. Like the first one where he's building the suit and the suit are coming in pieces. Okay, yeah. I'm buying it up to the component parts. And he goes nanites. We're just nanites. It seems like at some point in technology, every show or film series just gets to nanites and goes. We'll leave it there. And now everything's magically possible. I, th- I think in this movie, though, you kind of have to just let nanites be the excuse of why everything's so good. Because I don't think the first Iron Man suit or even the Cap- the Civil War Iron Man suit would have stood a chance against oh, anything. No, oh no, or it have. no, and it is story justified. But like as an Iron Man fan, like I'm right in the same boat with you. Yeah. Where like the tech has always been a really big draw. My favorite part of any Iron Man film is when the suit starts doing its thing and coming on and like assembling and all of that. Mm, yeah. And then in New York, when you just see it, just like transition, like nanite style, just go all over him. I was like, okay, that's basically magic. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. It did. It felt like you're digitizing something that was mechanical. Yeah, right. And, and it just didn't like feel right. The Wakandan suit, like the Black Panther suit. Yes, it's not a suit, but it's a suit. Yeah. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy the suit. It just was a suit. But the one that becomes, 
you know, it's your handy dandy Iron Man Swiss Army suit. It just comes in nineteen thousand different varieties. I, look, I mean, and I, yes, it was great to watch it. It was lovely to see. It's just it's taking it a little bit beyond the you know. I know, I, I know MCU yeah. superhero. Film. Plus, it's also Tony Stark. He's all, Tony Stark. Uh, he always Tony Stank. Tony, Tony Stank. Stank. <laughs> he always like when he he. I'm pretty sure he got new Wakandan technology info at least when the Wakanda opened itself up to the world. Uh, he would obviously take that information and run like a whole mile with it as far oh, as he yeah. could. Sure. Oh, yeah. So hopefully that, and then Strange as well. I mean, back to the end, like Strange has transitioned so much further from the Dormammu fight at the end of Strange to mm-hmm. to now, and like he's had training in time. I get that he's had a lot of time, you know, point point intended, but he seems to have progressed. And that was the problem I had with Strange. He seemed to have gone from zero to nine thousand within a matter of. Hours, weeks, months, whatever it might yeah. be, before he had the time stone, and I, it was one of the things I was disconnected with in that. But they, I mean, the the heroes we saw in the last movies are some of them are very different to now. They are very, some of them are very, very different. Uh, yeah, it's the ones that seem to not have changed that much are the ones that we've just recently seen. You've, Thor doesn't seem to be all that different. Black Panther surely isn't. Um, you don't get a whole lot of difference in. Um, well, Hulk. I mean, Hulk is Hulk. Guardians are the yeah. Guardians. I mean, really, across the board, they added Mantis. So that's about it. Yeah, but I think that you know, if you look at the the major differences are all the characters we haven't seen since Civil War. Um, you know, your Iron Man because he's very different. Peter Parker hasn't really been part of it for only a couple of movies. So yeah, I think it's it's a really good point, um, and really interesting to see how it's been from from those movies to now as far as where the the audience's loyalties lie like everybody loves every single one but there's some that you're like oh please god don't let something happen to and in this fight you start to see i think that in the crowd people are starting to feel like something bad could happen um which does eventually because as they get to the very end of this fight um this is when he's like all right you know where's gamora star lord asks and just Buzzkill Nebula is like, oh, she's gone because he came back. Uh, he has the Soul Stone and she didn't come back with him. And so then he's like, tell tell me, you know, what happened to her? And she's like, yeah, she's gone. And he just starts punching him in the face, like wakes him out of the trance. And then that's where Mantis like flies off. Um, and then it's done. Like there's just no coming back from this because he now has five of the six and is, I mean, literally nearly impossible to beat. Yeah, when he goes and, like, grab, he gets Because at this point now, he's actually angry. He's actually trying to win the fight. Because I feel like in every single fight up until this point, he's just... He's kind of just... Toying? He, not necessarily toying, just more like, I need to get there, and you're kind of just in my way. Mm. Like, when like, he, well, when this he, like, when he grabs Peter and calls him an insect, I feel like that's how we've used pretty much every fight he's been in at that point. Just kind of an inconvenience. But yeah. at this point, they almost won. He's like, I need to get serious now. So he grabs the he uses gauntlet, grabs the moon, throws shards of the moon oh, down onto geez. the planet. Probably my favorite moment in the Titan battle. And then Doctor Strange gets up and they have their awesome fight because Thanos breaks the mirror dimension. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people caught that. Yeah, like, he did. throws the mirror dimension at him. He punches it, breaks it, and then absorbs all of that energy and shoots kind of like a black hole singularity kind of thing at Doctor Strange. That was... Well, when you control space and reality, I mean, murder dimension. You, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but like, yeah. that was still just really cool to see him awesome. actually start using the stones. And again, it comes back to the point of you've, you've taken this thing that, you know, Doctor Strange had that was, oh, we can just put a murder dimension, nothing bad can happen. 
and you normalize Strange now. Strange is now on the same level. Like they did a Thanos. really good job of taking mm-hmm. all these people that had like it's, everyone was like Doctor Strange is overpo- overpowered, mm-hmm. Thor is overpowered, all these characters are just way too strong. How are you even gonna have a villain who can compete with that? And then they just casually like, oh yeah, this is not a problem for him anymore. Yeah, they just they totally power scaled so well in this movie. What I really liked about the 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 fight aspect after he broke out was that you really started to see him select his moments of which stones to use because you saw like every time he used a certain stone that color would come from it so if he was you know punching something with strength he was using the power stone and it was purple and it was like he was making these decisions throughout the fight like to do this and then this and then this um and really just started to see the complexity of this this gauntlet and all the different powers that come with it he didn't just get to do anything he wants he's got to know how to use it and that's why i think this aspect of the amount of strength and will that it takes to wield multiple stones because the amount of it just it just it nearly kills you like because if you don't know how to use it you literally like the, the reality stone alone should be able to destroy anything um you know the power stone alone you know all these different things so i think it's it was pretty cool i liked you know seeing the different ways of him using it um, the, and this is where we, we think we're going to finally say goodbye to one of our characters. Um, we see uh, Tony getting stabbed um, after a, a very short Horrible little... Horrible beatdown. Oh, yeah. He, that, I mean, was, that was takes one of the most brutal moments of the, of the movie. Mm. Yeah, Tony is in this little skirmish. It's not very long, but he's using pretty much everything possible that he has. He puts... I don't know what it is, but it's like almost like this... Um, mass this like mechanical mass in uh Thanos's hand in the gauntlet so he can't close it because he has to actually make the fist to be able to utilize any of the stones and so he can't and so that at that point then he's like he puts his foot down it, it locks around Thanos's like his um his foot or his arm so he basically gets to punch him as hard as he wants and you see this little cut with a little speck of purple blood to come out of Thanos and the line all that for a drop of blood and then you're like, oh, well, he's done. You know, you're like, yeah. that fight's over. He gave him everything he could and literally gets a single drop of blood. Um, and Tony gets stabbed. Um, I thought he was done. I really thought I he, thought was, he done. was dead. Yeah. I, that happened my whole theater both times. Just dead silence. I heard one person go, like, just breathe in real heavily. The and, like, heavy the, sigh. The, the sound cut out and everything. And I was like, this is the first time I saw it. This is his death. This is over. Yeah. It's gonna be and I was okay with it. Because there was also that, that whole speech, like, Thanos gave him, too. Like, mm-hmm. you have my respect. You know, I'm going to wipe out half of humanity. I hope the other half, I hope they remember you. Yeah. Because, like, you're, you're, he was worthy heavy. to fight him. And then yeah. he's, about to, he's about to do it with the stone. And then Doctor Strange saves his life with giving him the time stone. Which, we'd kind of talked about it beforehand, but why do you think he does it? I think, well, all the 14 million futures he saw, he saw the one where they win. So I, th- I think he's like, I know I have to let him take the time stone to let him win. And then at the end, of the, at the end game is when we'll win. And I, don't, and I don't think it's because it's Tony Stark's being alive. Yeah, no, he just, he knows that he has to give him the stone. Because yeah. he, he, he did say, like, after the fact, after everything was going on and after the snap... I had to. It was the only way. Because yeah. that's the only one that he saw. So yeah. there's pe- something to it. Yeah, because people mm-hmm. wanted to theorize, like, oh, I think it's because like I, they know Iron Man has to live in order to be Thanos. I'm like, no, I don't think that's it. I think it's. I think Thanos is going to go down by his own accord. I think Thanos is going to get so eaten up by the guilt of everything he's done. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna beat him. I think well, Thanos, Thanos is not nearly as powerful anymore. If you remember, by the end, um, the the gauntlet's wrecked. Wrecked. Shattered. Yeah. He can like, still use it though. 
Yeah. Can he? Yeah, he teleported out. Don't you remember? But see, I want to see... I think that teleportation was his his own power. I don't think so. Because he uses it with um, the Power Stone. The Power Stone wouldn't give him that. No, he uses it with with his Tesseract, the uh, Space Stone. Oh, the Space Stone? Yeah, you still see him clench his fist, and then he flies back. I think think he can use each stone individually. I don't think he can use them as a collective anymore. That may be. That's what I think has happened. So well, anyway, yeah, we're so let's go. Let's jump there. Um, he he leaves Titan and um, goes to Wakanda, and we need to now talk about Wakanda, our last major place. Um, so Wakanda is the the site of the final major battle. Um, they are there because they know that um, that essentially the the technology there may be able to um, remove the mind stone uh, the mind stone from Vision. Um, there is a possibility because there are multiple layers that even if you take that away, vision could still be vision just with a small part of him removed as opposed to just destroying the Mind Stone and destroying vision at the same time. So they go there, try to get the technology to do it with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Shuri. Shuri, um, the younger sister from Black Panther. And she's starting to work on it, but she needs time. And as soon as she starts working on that, that's when all of the, um, the creatures from Thanos' army show up. All right, so this is a good point for us to take a quick little break. Everybody go to the lobby, get a refill on your pop, your popcorn, your Sour Patch Kids, and anything else you're looking for. Go to the bathroom, and we will see what is coming up soon from Eventide. You know, there's nothing quite as satisfying as a good conversation with intelligent company. Join comedian Don Smith every week as he sits down and talks with comedians, actors, filmmakers, writers, and everyday schmoes. It's The Life with Don Smith, Wednesdays at noon on 106.9 FM, and now available on the Eventide Entertainment Podcast feed every Friday on Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes. The weekend is over. Monday is here. But that doesn't have to be the end of your fun. Every week, Ellison Smith brings you a new episode of Saltwater Gaming, breaking down video games of all different genres, consoles, platforms, and eras. Get it all every Monday on Saltwater Gaming, brought to you by Eventide Entertainment. Um, we also do have um, Winter Soldier back. Uh, Bucky Barnes is back with a, a new arm, um, which I thought was was kind of funny. It had like the Black Panther gold woven into it. Mm-hmm. He's been rearmed. He's been rearmed. They have. He's. I'm sorry, someone had to do it. Re-armed. Oh man. Well, that was handy. I don't know how that is in the podcast, but we're gonna. Someone's gonna put a comment and be like, uh. I don't, I don't want to point fingers or anything. Oh, they're, they're all I also me, like how he got the arm. For all the listeners, they're all, they're all giving me the I, cold shoulder now. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh well, I like, they haven't stopped listening by now. Uh-huh. I like how he got the arm. I like how Black Panther's like he's tired from war, but it's time for him. He's done. He's rested enough. He brings the arm. Bucky's first response is, "Where's the fight? Where's the fight?" Because he knows exactly what. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, he knows. Because like they could have, could they could have done like a Marvel cliche. I guess you could say at this point to have some weird, funny banter, but. They know the tone of the movie. They know exactly what's supposed to, like. Yeah. They kept it in check, and they're like, 
where's the fight? What's, yeah. what's yeah. going to happen next? Bucky's never been like the banter sort of well, character. He, he might have like a one line or one written off or something, or but they could have easily just had a little bit of comedic there, and they did, and I really like. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to get at the point now where there we know something big is going to happen. Um, it's kind of we do, we just don't know how. Um, and so the Bucky's back. Um, Shuri is working on Vision, and um, Scarlet Witch is staying there because the moment that the stone gets removed, they are going to just uh, we need Scarlet Witch to destroy it. Um, we do though see that these the army has shown up and. Um, that's when we do finally get the little bit of the line. It's a little different, but um, the line of get this man a shield. And it's a Wakandan shield. It's not anything resembling his shield, which makes me... That's what really get, makes me think that he's Nomad now. Um, there's no Captain America. There's no, you know, circular shield. That's that He's less long gone. Plus, also, the mm. shield he gets is probably way more useful. Oh, I'm sure. Because, like, it's on the arm. It comes. It can come and go as he pleases, so he's not always forced to carry mm-hmm. a shield. Plus, it's got the point at the top, so it looks like he's actually able to stab yeah. with it as well. Because yeah. you see him do that as well. I think the cap shield is going to be the re- the crowning glory of the next one. I think it's so. gonna it's gonna be when he and Tony reconnect. Yes. Tony's going to yeah. give him because the they haven't met. Yet. It'll be a moment. There's been no interaction between Captain America and Iron yet, and I'm, Avengers Four is going to have it, and I'm so excited for what they're going to do with it. I'm not because I think it's going to be once they meet, they're both going to die. I think it's going to be like a moment that we'll have, like of the brotherhood has finally they forgiven each other. But as a result of that, when they'll go into battle, it's that's it. Like I think Cap will sacrifice himself for Tony. I don't. I don't think that's what they're going to do to end the story. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I mean, I could. I don't know. You're, assuming, could, you're assuming it ends. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. They you you had I mean we 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 are assuming that in order for a character to no longer be in the movies they have to die which isn't necessarily oh, true. Not oh, that's not what things happen. I yeah. I think Captain America's story ends completely different from how they're probably ever going to do it. But I mean, I Cap know. needs to die though I think because he's he he was a he's a, right now he's a he's a hero without a country because he's nomad. Mm-hmm. He needs to have something. He, to come full circle, he needs to sacrifice himself for whatever, either it be friendship, for a cause, um, for the rest of the Avengers, something like that, because no one else is noble enough to do that. Well, I think he's going to sacrifice, I say in quotes for the people that can't see me do it, <laughs> he's going to sacrifice himself to bring Bucky back. Put your clothes back on, which is, <laughs> Which I think is going to be, I think it's going to be a big thing for pretty much everyone in the Avengers 4, is that most of the original cast is going to sacrifice themselves to the soul stone for the people who were lost to come back like iron man would give himself up for spider-man yeah Captain America give himself up for bucky and then Car- which give himself like stuff like that i also that's probably what's gonna happen what i would like to happen is they somehow destroy or damage or do something to the infinity gauntlet and then that causes a big ripple effect mm-hmm. to the whole universe and it actually sends captain america Back to when he sacrificed himself in World War Two, mm. not and it, it they can even do it in like a different reality or whatever they want to do with it, so they can write it off to where he's not affecting the timeline of the MCU. But I think it'd be perfect for his character if he fought all this battle, fought all this time, and he finally gets to go back and live his life with Peggy. He gets to yeah, he gets to make it to that one dance that he was supposed to make it to. Because I feel like time, because time has been the biggest enemy of Captain America this whole series. Is yeah, he's a man true. who lost his whole time. life to seventy years, and mm. now this is a perfect way to write him back in to get that that to end his character to give him that peaceful end that he deserves. Yeah, I'm. I'm 
I'm gonna save some theories. Let's because uh, there's plenty. That I, I so, so many. Oh my god. Okay. Let's let's. <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep going. Wakanda. Let's finish up Wakanda here. Um, <laughs> hell, we haven't barely started it. So um, at this point, we we see this huge fight, and we have uh, Midnight and Obsidian who show back up, um, who are there at the the wall, the Wakandan um, like force field, and um, they start kind of like like touching it with their swords. You realize they're not getting through. Um, and you have almost like a, the, the old school leaders of two armies meet in the middle, see if they can kind of talk something out. Clearly that's not going to happen. They go back and she's, you know, he says, there's, uh, there's going to be bloodshed over this. And she's like, we have blood to shed. We've got blood to spare, um, which is these huge, like cone pods that space are just dogs. like what? The space dogs. Space dogs. <laughs> As yeah. Rocket calls them. I felt like they were, um, the Tatari. They Almost, but they were, they were similar, yeah. but they weren't quite the same. They felt more bestial. Yeah, it felt more like, yeah, it was like the... Scarier than the Shari. I love those design of those of those aliens. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and they they made sense that, you know, when you start to see them, like, pouring to the force field, and they're literally giving themselves up in order to, like, they're killing themselves in order to try to get through, and some are getting through, and this is where you start to see them going around, they're like, basically, if they get through on the backside, vision's done. Like, there's no way of protecting him. So um, T'Challa makes this point saying, all right, open up the force field. And this one section, we're going to go and we're going to let him uh, through and just try to basically say, all right, we're going to funnel him back into the, the front of us. Um, and this is where this huge fight happens. I mean, you see everybody gets to do their thing. Everybody has their moment. Uh, War Machine drops bombs. Falcon picks people up and throws them. Um, it was so great to see Black Panther and Captain America both run. Like Captain America's running and he's running so fast, he catches up to Black Panther in the mm-hmm. front, and they both jump over the like the little river yeah. so casually. And they're the first, they're the first ones in, just yep. starting to pummel people. That was great to watch. Mm-hmm. And you see, um, we've got Banner in the Hulkbuster um, armor, and he's loving it. He's having a good old time, and he trips. Like, trips, and then. Uh, oh. Kaya, Okoye, Okoye, Okoye. Uh, kind of gives him a, like a, a condescending look because he's that, he's just having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everyone everyone has their moment. It's kind of cool. Um, and then this is though where things kind of go south because um, Glaive isn't dead. It's made seems like Glaive is dead, but Glaive shows up and um, he waits until basically things look like they're they're done on the field. Um, Scarlet Witch goes down and she. Well, and see, okay, we didn't we didn't talk about this. So, where did the like spinning rotors come into play? They came they, under they the, they under the, the, the barriers. So were they, they from the? They, they were from the ship. Okay. They were from the ship. Okay. They, came they came under, under the, the field and they popped up, and then that's what Scarlet Witch decided she needed to go help because yeah. they couldn't they couldn't defend against that. And that was crazy. That was like basically um, like the tractor things that basically yeah, like combine blades. Yeah, combine blades. Kind of yeah, because yeah. that pulls her out of the protective point. Then he sneaks into the the lab. To go after Vision, because mm-hmm. and then she interrupts the um, the fight between um, Midnight and Widow, Widow and yeah, Okoye, Okoye, yeah, because then it becomes the three fight. of them, and then that's... which I don't get. Like it seems like the only people that can fight female bad guys is female heroes. Like I don't. It's sexist yeah. if you don't. Deadpool calls it out when Does he's like, he? in, one of the, in one of the sequences in Deadpool when he's putting he's going to all He's like, is it sexist yeah. to hate you? Is it sexist oh, no, not I hit to you? hate you? I'm so confused. I don't know. Oh. Well, because it's like, yeah. Because well, he's cocking his gun while yeah. he says this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, I mean, if, if someone's going to destroy the world, I don't care if they they have something between their legs or not. Like, you probably should punch him. I don't know. Right. 
But no, it's, again, in Avengers, you have Midnight, and she has to be defeated by women, which is also weird because women are also not fighting, the female heroes are not fighting the male villains in this one, really. Not a whole lot. I mean, they kind of bit, fight Glaive in the Scotland scene. They kind of yeah. fight, but a little mm. bit. But it's more like. But I again, think... though, Glaive and Vision end up on the roof. Although I think I think the point is though Glaive's mission was to go get Vision while Midnight was to distract Black Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I think because because he had the, the the spear that could actually pull it out. Yeah, that's true. So I I think it was just a matter of they knew like every person had their objective in this fight. I think that's why they kind of separate them because also Captain America and Black Panther are a little too focused on fighting the hordes of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So that, that I don't know if that's like why they separate like that or whatever reason they want to, but that's that's how I see it in the story. That's why I didn't really get so bothered by it. Was it that point they got overwhelmed or did Vision get kicked out of the office first? Vision got kicked out first. No, at, at this point they get over. It's the it's the rotors that come up. The rotors come up and it kind of destroys so the when, shield. And well, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when which Charlotte Witch decides to that she out. needs to go down and help. Then because Midnight vision. says she's out, and that's yeah. when Glaive goes in. And Glaive and, goes in, and, and he then takes as they're fighting, and they get separated, mm-hmm. which is that's getting them separated is what causes them to get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and then Thor mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah, and the most badass entrance in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like well, because and I didn't realize this. I I missed it, but the um, the Stormbreaker actually also contains the power of the Bifrost. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like he says that like, yeah. it's a powerful enough to it's made for a king, powerful enough to make the Bifrost. And yeah, then him come in with it and not and you don't because you don't see him turn into that outfit and then go. You yeah. just to see him. You see him like kind of spark like sparkles. Captain Spark. <laughs> yeah, call the call Stormbreaker, and then they just go. Yeah. So to see him in that whole outfit completed with the sleeves and the awesome cape and everything, that was that was really satisfying to watch. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while since we've seen that. And then there Rocket and Groot going and just kicking ass too. Mm. Oh, Rocket with um with Bucky. Uh, Bucky. That was great. How much for the gun? It's not for sale. How much, How much for, for the arm? arm. I'll, I'll get, get that. I'll get that arm. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're getting throwback to the first guy. He's like, oh, I need that guy's leg. You got the leg? I was kidding. I didn't need the leg at all. <laughs> or with Groot, I am Groot. Or with I the, am uh, Steve Rogers. Or with the oh, I am Steve Rogers. That was so lovely. <laughs> I just love when Thor arrives, and like as soon as Banner sees Thor arrive, he's like, <laughs> you guys are so screwed now. Because <laughs> yeah. then he just jumps up with like his eye, because he learned, actually finally learned how to use his yeah. powers. And like he jumps up, lightning's everywhere, and his eyes are like going all... I don't know how to describe it. Like Raiden. Avatar State. Raiden. 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 Yeah, yeah he Raiden. 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 That's he a much Raiden. better feeling. Just comes down with the axe and just slams and everywhere just blows away. And I'm yep. like, ah, oh, there. There's a chance they got it. Yep. But this is when we see um, Thanos basically shows up, um, and we we get a moment where. Um, Scarlet Witch is trying to figure a way still to protect Vision, and Vision's like, he's here. It's now or never. Yeah, because they've killed the whole Black Order at this point. They've all died. Yep, the Black Order because we have um, the Hulkbuster outfit. Hulkbuster blows... Brings him up and takes him right into the The shield. Yeah, the the glove takes him into the shield. And then Um, Proxma gets thrown into one of those tractor combines. combines. And it has Glaive die. Glaive dies because Vision's... Because Cap Cap goes over to distract him to tell Vision to leave. And then as he's getting choked out, uh, Vision Vision stabs him with that spear. Yep. So the Black Order has been completely killed off by this point. 
Um, and, and then the, the the callback to we don't trade lives comes back because mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, when they're deciding yeah, the to go concept. to Wakanda, Vision keeps telling them, "Guys, just destroy it. Don't worry about me. Destroy it." And Cap's like, "No, we don't trade lives." Yeah, it's not one for one um, or one for anything. We're gonna we're gonna we're try to save everyone. Yeah. And um, that comes back, which I thought was really, that was really and that nice. was a cool callback. Yeah, and it's and they have a couple of those throughout the movie, but this one starts to hit home. Um, but then again, you have the the weird feeling. Everyone's looking around. It seems like everything's gonna be okay um, until Thanos shows up. And at this point, he has all of the stones except for the Mind Stone. Um, and there's this this moment with Vision and, and Scarlet Witch where it's very it's it's heart wrenching because he says it's not fair. You shouldn't have to do this, but you do. And it's this idea of, like, he knows that she's the only one that can do this, and he knows if she doesn't do this, then it's over. Yeah. Um, so she starts doing her her power... Her, Disruption of the molecular structure yeah. of the gem, whatever science they tried yeah. to into it. Mm-hmm. And it starts to break it down, um, but it's taking time. And basically you have every single one of the... The heroes step in one by one to try to slow down Thanos, and one by one they're just getting. Yeah, because like what Hulkbuster gets thrown into the mountain and stuck in it. Yep. Black Panther mm-hmm. is using he's using his gauntlet stone powers with each of them because yeah. he like phases Hulk through him and then phases him into like to the mountain. Yeah. Um, Question: Why didn't he just stop time and walk over and Vision's head off? Because. Cinematic universe. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and also, he doesn't need to. He's Thanos, and he has again, five he has of the five six stones. Infinity stones. Again, the whole, yeah. he thinks everyone's kind of an insect to him. Mm. He's yeah. coming in, and he's just, like, pushing them all to the side. Like, I'm getting that stuff. The god complex he's is really showing up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And so he goes one by one, and essentially comes down to um, Steve Rogers' last one. Um, that the is last that's happening. He's holding that glove. Yeah. Like, like I said, I think that moment, Thanos kind of just... He questions it a little bit for like a briefest second. He he does he realizes he's just a human. He's holding me back. He's trying so hard, which I think he also has a bit of respect for Steve in that moment too. Because he I oh, think yeah. he knows who Steve is because he knew who Tony was. He knows who they all. are. I think are, he knows think. who they all are. Mm-hmm. So like he knows Steve and he's like he's got a bit of respect for him. Like he's still trying. I already yeah. brushed him aside. He's still trying. He's gonna so but doesn't, punch him in the face. Doesn't Thanos at one point say I'm not you're not the only one burdened with knowledge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him, yeah. So I think he does know who all the Avengers are. And I thought that's when Steve would die, when he just takes that fist and just bashes him in the face onto the ground. I yeah. thought that was his death. Yeah. But they but then I they didn't kill him that way. Um glad Yeah. And then this is where uh, Wanda's Scarlet Witch is, is almost finished and she's gotta hold both hold off Thanos with one hand and finish off Vision with the other, um, and eventually then destroys the Mind Stone. Um, thus saving the day, except for um, <laughs> you have a really just a dick move line from Thanos, and he's like, um, it's just what does he say? Like he's it's like, not, it's like you're out of time, or it's like not, we're all out of time, or yeah. something like that. It's something about time. Yeah, and and he does his his hand and turns back turns back time. He goes full <laughs> share on us. Um, <laughs> Jeez, and, so bad. And yeah, essentially we just we see Vision, Vision come back twice. together. That's so beautiful. And that's that's I think that we were talking about earlier with Gamora and Star Lord. That's another one of those like just real harsh moments because Scarlet Witch had to kill him. She killed she killed the man she loved, and yet she said to see him die again. It's like she didn't have to do that. And she has to live with that now. Yeah. 
And that's rough. And that was a, and that was a, like not even talking about how he had to die twice, but the way he died a second time was just so. He like grabs his forehead, pretty much concaves his skull in yeah, to be able to pull it out. It out. And just that's such a brutal yeah, way to and go. Just the juxtaposition between the two, because the first death was very like they're looking at each other in the mm-hmm. eyes. They're very like Wanda, I love you, Vision, I love you, and then like that whole moment. And then, like, this one's just, like, Thanos, like... Yeah. Because he's holding him up, and he's, like... He knew there was nothing stopping him. He just pulls it out. And then Vision, actually, you know, you saw this, but he goes, like, gray. He goes gray, and his eyes, like, roll Mm -hmm. back to his head. He loses... He becomes, then, just literally a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he has no life to him. He's just a... a It's the Windows 10. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And at this point, then, um, he has the mind... Thanos has the Mind Stone. He puts it in. Um, kind of like has this rainbow vein thing going on with him because he <laughs> literally has all of the powers, um, and that's where um, uh, Thor Thor comes in. Comes which in. I don't know why he wasn't there before. He because was... Steve makes a point saying everyone on me he's coming, mm-hmm. and then and Thor doesn't come. He I know he's destroying the ships. He doesn't have comms. Thor doesn't have comms. That's true. But like, but if everyone's sensing Thanos is coming, why wouldn't Thor stop and then just go straight to where he like? He, he was he was really far away though. He's he was destroying all the ships and that is true. If I got yeah, a brand new toy axe, I'm going to be playing with it a little. So I guess that makes sense. But like Thor, the whole thing he was there. He's like, bring me Thanos, and then Thanos shows up and he waits until after. Just seems a little bad. Timing. That and it is. I think part of it is just that it's so cinematic that we get this perception of the time being a lot more drawn out than it actually was. I think between the time that Thanos got there and the time that Thor showed up was actually a pretty short period. It was probably, it probably a minute. It's probably like a minute or two. So. Yeah. And I think that's what. Which that is was. fine, but like still, it just it just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thor yeah. showed up like sort of just like the wrong moment, like a minute earlier, and Thor would have been able to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he'd gone for the head, he wouldn't have had a problem. Right. Yeah, and so yeah, that's that was the, a pretty far target, though. That was a pretty that was a pretty good shot hitting him at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or so, if, while Thanos was talking, Thor had reached over and like grabbed the gauntlet to keep him from closing it. Also, could something. have won. Mm-hmm. Something would have been nice. Yeah, but um, Thor always has to be a little cinematic, a little, a little showboaty with his kills. Yeah, and that's something he even says. Like at one point um, earlier in the movie, he says, uh, "Fate has protected me through it out through it all." Like I have so many people have come up and so many have fallen. You know, to my to me. And so it's like he does, of course, he does going to have the god complex. He is a god. Right. So he's going to not, he's gonna, he's doing the same thing Thanos, are, Thanos is doing. Um, the difference is it backfires. It does. <laughs> um, he throws Stormbreaker uh, into Thanos' chest and then starts driving it in and basically says, um, you know, I, I told you I was going to kill you for that, talking about Heimdall um, and, and Loki. And he goes, he looks over at him, he's like, you should have aimed for my head. And, then um, and snaps his finger. And right before he snap. snaps, Lo- uh, Thor yells no. Um, and it's just that moment where we've been waiting this whole time for this to happen. We know what this means. Yeah, and he cuts to white. And I thought that's where the movie was going to end. I, I did, I did cut too. to white and it was going to be over. And then it didn't. And, uh, it cuts to him, what, with Gamora? Baby Gamora right yeah, there? Yeah, he's in the wa- standing yeah. in the water. Mm. Um, that's when I think he's in the Soul Stone. I think yeah. he was in the Soul Stone. Because he gloves his pierce. He doesn't glove anymore. Glove is off. And that's also, too, after you see the snap, uh, well, after this discussion with Gamora, he says, what did you have to give up? Everything. Um, you see him back on Wakanda, and the glove is, is completely just destroyed. It looks like all charred and broken. Um, the stones are still intact. You know, that's yeah. just a note. And then he goes back. He, is, he gets pulled back and disappears. Um, goes to 
enjoy the sunset that he says he wanted to enjoy after everything. And that's cool. That is actually in the comic. That's something that he does after he destroys half of the, the universe. He enjoys the sunset, which is kind of just dark and twisted and also kind of Because let's say an ending you could see in a superhero movie where like the good guy does that and he wins and he's happy. But mm-hmm. to flip it with the villain doing that yep. mm-hmm. is just so... Because, well, I mean, he's, he is the main character of the film. We can talk all of yeah. what you want about like, oh, yeah. Avengers and Captain America, he's but all of that stuff happens as a, like a satellite to him and his journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's yeah he's he's the protagonist because he's the main he's the main character. Everybody else, it's weird to say, but the Avengers are the antagonists of the film because they're not the bad guys, but they're trying to prevent him from doing the one thing he wants. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's really weird. They took that that arc about it because normally your villains I mean maybe the exception of Panther when they put the villain kind of in the driving seat a little bit more but normally across the board your villains are your well we set up your good guy find the bad guy somewhere and then have mm-hmm. them fight and then you're going to have the good guy win normally so it's nice to see that they put Thanos off the bat off, up front and said hey this is what I'm doing and then mm-hmm. things happening around me rather than the other way around um, after after uh, Thanos disappears back into his little shadowy area um we see everybody reacting to like what just happened um and our first person to actually die is bucky um uh, bucky like he says steve and he and like he kind of stumbles um mm-hmm. forward and, and it, it's this ash it's like this kind of like disappearing ash that it, he turns into and then slowly little by little we start to see more of these characters um and it's just it's heartbreaking. I actually think the second one that the main character is actually Black Panther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, one really and hit. that one hit because you're like you said earlier, like no one's gonna no one had, they I mean, had the balls to get rid of Black Panther. And that was really impressive. Yeah, because and it told it only took like a couple of seconds, but the way they set the scene up was he was picking up another character and he was like, now isn't like you know this I isn't the place to die. Like, and everybody's expecting like oh well he's gonna try and pick her up and she's she's going, going to, to. Into ash and then he just is gone. And it would, yeah. And then Falcon dies when Falcon. Wild Warmer she's looking for him, so they don't even know what happened to him. Yep. They just mm. they just think he's missing. Yep. They right. don't think he's necessarily gone. Yeah. And we we see so um, let's see we have Falcon, Black Panther, um, Groot and Bucky, Groot starts to disappear, which is really sad. Um, yeah, because he disappears right in front of Rocket, and Rocket's like, no, like mm-hmm. the emotion. Because he already lost him once. He's gonna lose him a second time. That's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Rocket even says uh, when they're going to get Thor his Stormbreaker. He like, cause he's like, what if you're wrong? What if you can't beat him? He's like, well, then what else do I have to lose? Rocket goes, I got a lot. I got a lot to I, lose. I got a lot to lose, and he literally loses everyone. Yeah, um, Wanda also while holding Vision, she passes through. Um, she turns to Ash, and then we go over to um, Titan. to Titan, and that's where we get even more people. We lose Drax and Mantis very quickly. Um, Star Lord goes. Star Lord passes through Doctor Strange after saying that this is the only way he turns to Ash um, and then the last one which is probably the most heartbreaking oh god that one is the mm. that one's the one that made me cry the most Spider-Man Peter Peter's sitting there and he says um, he doesn't feel so good and you know at that point that he's gonna go but he grabs on to Tony's like I don't wanna go I don't wanna die I don't want- Mr. Stark please I don't wanna go yeah and oh my god it's like shit <laughs> Cause he's just he falls to the ground. He's like, I'm sorry, Tony. Just disappears. And yeah. it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's and it's. <sighs> I think it's less of the fact that it's like Spider-Man, but you're like, it's a kid dying, like, mm-hmm. and a kid who's like teenager who hasn't lived a full life who knows that they're dying, and it's just like, mm-hmm. damn, Marvel, like hitting hard. Um, not right. pulling any punches here. That was, that was brutal, but it was great. Um, 
And then you have, you have Tony sitting there, and we kind of talked about this. What's it going to do to him? You know, he talks about how six years earlier he, you know, went through the hole, the portal, and that changed him forever. Mm-hmm. And now he's, you know, the, every moment since he's been trying to make up for something. He had the kid in Iron Man 3 that he was trying to deal with um, to try to make up for things. And then, then uh, Peter Parker. So some sort of a, a dad complex um, mm. that he's been fighting through this whole time. And if now you think about like uh, Civil War, Captain America: Civil War, that whole thing basically started because uh, like the woman from Sokovia was yeah. like, my son was killed in mm-hmm. in like as a an incidental casualty, mm-hmm. you know, and that completely messed Tony up to where he became like 100% Accords all the time, yep. and that set him against Captain America. This is a much more ingrained personal relationship that he has with Spider-Man. It's going to yeah, be great. he makes a point saying in Homecoming, if some, if you, someone died, that's on you, but if you die, that's on me, because mm-hmm. I brought he brought him into this world, he brought him this suit, he's yeah. pretty much recruited him, and now Spider-Man's dead, and that that's going to hit... I, oh, can't wait to see what they do with yeah that's going to be interesting to see how that starts out um and then we go back to wakanda and everybody's kind of like what's going like it happened you know it he actually did it um captain america says something there captain yeah what does he go oh god yeah he's oh god he's like oh god like like, like, what are we gonna do and then we literally go to credits and it's just kind of one of those moments that as opposed to it doesn't feel like they're it feels like the movie's over it feels like we just lost half we half of everybody and we have nothing left to 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 do and it just feels like that's the the absolute end and the credits run and it's it's literally they start playing everybody's name and it feels like a an in memoriam almost mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. i kind of feel like that's how it was supposed to come off because like if you because i listened to the score again for the, the after credits and then i thought about what was going on and it's like this because the music they chose specifically was kind of like a requiem mm-hmm. like sad minor yeah. very very depressing film because they did that at the beginning too with the music going into the Marvel logo. Yeah, yeah. Because it was first dead silent, which isn't like Marvel. And Not then they all. go into the really dark, cheery music, and then you hear the Asgardian give out the distress signal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they let you know just through the music that it's a very different, very powerful movie. Mm-hmm. Especially since, like, as soon as, like, the snap happens and people start disappearing, no background music during that point. It no, was, you just hear the, just like, hear the, the leaves fading. fading. Like, it's mm-hmm. like that ash sound. Um... So that's that's it, and then our post credits are um, we see Nick Fury and Maria Hill, um, who are um, in a in the car going through, and then they all of a sudden see a um, a car crash in front of them. They get out, and there's no one there, and um, it's they start we, seeing destruction. They start see, seeing the real world effect of yeah. what Thanos just did. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just the heroes that are going; it's all these other people. Maria starts to fade through, and immediately Fury's like, oh, no, no, and he goes and grabs something, he sends it, and then a very, very Samuel L. Jackson moment, he, uh... He starts to fade. He, oh, mother. Mother. <laughs> and then he fades away, and it's like, yeah, that, that was very, yeah. that was very appropriate. Um, and then it drops onto what he was sending, and it re- is received, and then we see the red star, uh, the red and the uh, gold star insignia, Thus, kind of giving us this idea of Miss or Captain Marvel um, is on her way, um, and that's it. So um, let's let's look at a couple things before we start to wrap up here. Um, we do this in some fashion every every time we do a, a show. A character that you didn't get to see enough of that you wish you got to see more. We're gonna twist it for this one though. A character that died in this that you're gonna miss the most. Assuming everybody that is gone is actually gone. It's a rough assumption to make, but character that uh, you're going to miss the most? I don't want to start. <laughs> I don't want to go first. That's 
All right, I'll go first then. Um, it's it's going to be, and this is cheating a little, but it's a tie, I think, for me, between... I can't decide if it's either going to be Doctor Strange or a Black Panther. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that's a tough one. I think, I think me personally, I would probably say um, a character... It's got to be Spider-Man for me. Just because I've been waiting so long for a good Spider-Man, and I really feel like Tom Holland has started to make Spider-Man the Spider-Man that I've been wanting. The true, like, kid who finally gets some powers and really just doesn't know what to do with them, but wants to have fun. Just this conflict, and he's the and I think he's the youngest to play Spider-Man, which might actually have helped the situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if he were actually to be gone, which I don't think he will be, um, but if he were actually to be gone, that would be t- that'd be a tough pill to swallow to finally get Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then two two movies later he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with Spider-Man. It's I mean the amount of potential that that series has going forward is is I think more than the others, but so I don't want to copy that. I'll, I'll, I'll pivot and say the Guardians because they've crippled the Guardians. Oh yes, <laughs> every Guardian except Nebula and Rocket. Yeah, and that's it. Gone. So I mean. And and I would love to see a little crime fighting. Would you be really duo. interesting if they kept all of them dead for Guardians Three? So it's just Rocky kind of flying around trying to. That'd be an interesting movie. Him trying to recruit a whole new Guardians. Mm, trying to emotionally. There are up. other Guardians out there because they haven't played up. I mean, realistically, the Guardians that they created never existed until they created them that way. Mm. Yeah. Like so, usually the Guardians like um, Yondu is one of the originals and. Um, well, there's a wasn't it the original Ravagers that they showed in Guardians Two? Weren't they the original some of them. Guardians? Yeah, some, some of, them? of them. Yeah. So it could be him going to find them. It could be him trying to get Adam Warlock to help. It, yeah, it, I don't know. So, so if they did kept all the Guardians dead, that would be really interesting for Volume Three. Mm. They won't. They there's won't. no way. They're, no. There's a reason why Guardians Three comes after yeah. the next just, Avengers yeah. movie. Mm. Oh man, like yeah, Spider Man's really sad. Spider Man hit me the most emotionally because Tom Holland's acting was just so well in that. But I would say the one that. The one that kind of got me the most would probably be uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky. Because mm-hmm. then he's talking to Steve, and Steve, Steve sees him go away. Steve sees him disappear. We're talking about three, let's see here, one Winter Soldier, Civil War, and now Infinity War. We've seen four movies where, Buck, where Steve and Bucky have had this really close friendship, really close relationship, and all this time he's been fighting to help keep Bucky alive, keep him, keep yeah. him around, and then just to see him disappear, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's heart wrenching. That's tough. Right? Just for and, like Steve be the one that like feel his dust and just see him go away and just know that there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, and Bucky was Steve's last link to like the 1940s, mm-hmm. like his mm-hmm. his past. Again, why I would love if he could go back to the 1940s and get to like end his story arc being sent back in time, but right. But that's not that probably won't happen. But I also did predict Spider Man dying. Like I always kind of joked that Spider Man would be killed off because I think all this. I kept saying, oh, like they're going to kill off all the side, not side, but like side characters, like the ones that have closer relationships to like really main heroes, because that's really going to affect the main her- main heroes yeah. emotionally. And everyone told me, no, they're going to kill off all the people who don't have contracts left. I'm like, see, I was right, but I really hate that I was right. <laughs> I wish we didn't know about the rest. I, mean, I wish we didn't know what was coming next. I wish they hadn't gone, well, I, I know they want to go, hey, follow us, we're going to make all these really cool movies. And that's great. The problem is, I know there's the Guardians 3. I know there's the Spider-Man 2. I know that these movies are coming. Therefore, I know yeah. these Spider-Man characters. 2 could be Miles Morales because he is in the universe. I, I, yeah, I remember that. Because I, I will no longer think Marvel has a one-track mind plan. Well, and that's the thing, too, is they don't. They have. They know what they're doing. 
but they haven't released anything really outside of. They've released some Captain Marvel stuff. I yes, think. but I'm saying like no, I'm saying like as far as future plans. Oh yeah. There's, there's nothing in Phase Four outside of um, a what is it? The Guardians Three and Spider Man Two, Doctor Strange Two. Those are the well, those are the only two that are actually out. Is an untitled Spider Man Homecoming sequel and Guardians Three. Um, that was a strange too. It's not on. Well, it's not on Wikipedia, which doesn't mean anything. But Wikipedia is usually up to date. Well, I'll go on and change it right now. Just give, me, give me two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and that's the thing too: is Spider-Man: Homecoming sequel definitely does not have to be Peter. Um, you know, Guardians Three doesn't have to be the full Guardians. You know, there are a lot of ways they could go with it. I I don't know. You know, and Guardians Three could even take place technically before. You know, the it could be like the Ravager story. Yeah, it could it, be anything it, they we don't know do. any of this. So, I mean, I don't think we can make any assumptions. Um, they yeah. have talked about Black Panther, and there's no way they're not doing another Black Panther movie just for everything that they had as far as just the diversity of it and just the power and just how amazing it was for you know film in general, but for their franchise, they're going to do another one. But there's a few characters that I think are going to stay dead. I feel yeah, because they they took more characters than. People are still alive. Mm-hmm. They took over half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be a matter of every Avenger gets to go into the Soul Stone or whatever they want to do to bring people back. Something. But maybe. one person gets to come back. So they're gonna have to choose who they want to come back. So not everyone gets to. I mean, that's why I'm thinning the herd a little bit. Yeah, and I think I mean we need to definitely get some of these gone. You know, just because we've got so many characters, we're going to continue to add more. Captain Marvel's coming. Um, we're, I think we're going to be very quickly seeing um, a Miss Marvel movie with the success of uh, Black Panther. And we're, I think that Miss Marvel is going to be there. So Kamala Khan, which I think would be an awesome movie if they're able to pull it off. You know, we're, we're getting all of these little things that are pointing us toward these non-traditional major characters. Because if Deadpool and Black Panther and all these others can do well... You know, even Ant Man, they're gonna push. Plus, they're also gonna be bringing in the X Men and the yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Just, it'd be great if every single character ever in the Marvel universe, in the comics, could come together in a movie. But it's mm-hmm. not realistic for a film. Even comics kill off some characters. They bring them back when they want to, but but they did. But I don't think at any point in the Marvel comics they've had every single character that was ever made in one thing together. It's just not realistic. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, they so they they do crossovers, but there's certain levels of, of expectations with so it. So they, oh man, which makes me sad because like eventually it's like the end is coming for some of the for some yeah. people. It's just really gonna be. It's gonna be rough once we actually see the the final credits roll on uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part Two. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Your final thoughts. I'll give each of you. Um, opportunity to kind of just wrap up what you think is coming next and what you thought of this movie overall and then let's do a ranking each week we do like a ranking of one to five but i think this one kind of demands a one to six and we'll go one to six infinity stones so six <laughs> being perfect <laughs> and one being yeah it wasn't so good so uh whoever wants to start feel free guys they're I'll, all looking I'll, at each other i'll kick off there we go um a wonderfully shot, acted, executed film, well balanced across the the talking points, and then transitioning into the the fight scenes. Fight scenes continue to get bigger and better and nicer, and different dynamics of coordination between them all. Um, 
across the board it was great. I do feel like I mean the the last you know we've been chatting for what, almost like two and a half hours now. We've referenced so many of the other films mm-hmm. that if you haven't seen a good chunk, and you know if you if you've read the comics and you know the characters like from Adam, great, you can get away with stuff. But if yeah. you haven't seen Ragnarok specifically, yeah, yeah, a lot of things in there really don't make sense, and a lot of the interactions with the characters, a lot of the driving forces specific to this telling of the story, come from those films. So without those films. You know, there's there's a point that you're going to fall down and go. I, you know, it's just it's just a, a, a feast for the ears, a feast for the eyes, but a famine for the mind at this point. Because yeah. there's just nothing to. You really, won't get it. You won't. And it, it's kind of a falling as a standalone film. Now it's meant as a collaboration mm-hmm. and coming together of everything. Um, so I mean, it was I, I, one of the few. I mean, I don't rarely go see films a second time, but I probably would go see it again. So somewhere between five, five and a half to six. I mean, it's up there as being a, a very, very fantastic film. Excellent. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I had a lot of concerns going to this movie, uh, just because, and I've talked about this before earlier, about, you know, there's just so much going on. There's no narrative way to, you know, handle it terribly well. But they did really well with, like, the grouping, and I think uh, the way they did the grouping, a lot of the characters played off of each other really, really well. We had, like, the Tony Stark, Doctor Strange thing going on. Mm-hmm. And we had, um, you know, Black Panther, Captain America, and all of that going on. And it felt like they all had, like, different unique styles, and I felt like it came together, and it meshed really, really cohesively. And when you put that as, like, the fuel for what Marvel generally does with their films, which is uh, a lot of spectacle and a lot of uh, really character-driven story... Uh, around a superhero film, I think this worked really, really well. Uh, all the way from like the opening sequence on the Asgardian ship that just immediately established, you know, how this was gonna go. We have mm-hmm. Thanos being active, beating the crap out of the Hulk, everything like that. Loki being apparently killed, you know, stuff like that. All the way through the end of the first part of this duology, uh, and it's gonna be really interesting seeing how that moves forward. I am going to go ahead and give this one five stars. Well, five stones. infinity stones. Five stones. Five stones. <laughs> oh, man. This movie oh, this movie was so good. I saw it at 10.30 at night on Friday, and then I saw it at 12.30 on Saturday the next day. I saw it two times within 12 hours of each other. It was just that good. Um, honestly, like, because if, if you take the parts that most people complain about Marvel movies where there's too much comedy or there's not a good villain or anything like that. That's, those two problems aren't even apparent in this film. Mm-hmm. The comedy is only really there to help ease the tension of the film. And if someone tried to tell me Thanos is the bad villain, I'm just going to laugh at them. Because Thanos was amazing. Thanos was probably the best part of the movie. How he was a super sympathetic character. Super, uh, really, he was pretty down to earth in what he wanted to do. And he was willing to sacrifice where he needed to. Like the if if what he wanted to do was almost anything different, he would have been a hero. Yeah, because he wanted to help the universe. Just the way he wanted to do it was what made him a villain. He's all the perfect makings of a hero. He's just doing the villain thing to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that makes him probably the most complex, the most the best villain in the MCU. Um, I still gets me choked up a little bit to think of how Tom Holland died, of how Peter went. About all the deaths that were really impactful, they they didn't ease up on any of the tension. They would like they would have jokes in there to help ease it, but they wouldn't. They never like had comedy just for having comedy in there. They knew what kind of movie this was supposed to be, and 
I, I loved it. I would, I would definitely give it six stones because the parts that even we complain about, I feel like are just nitpicky mm. because it's such a good film. There's not really much. We're kind of at the nitpicking stage because there's nothing really main plot-wise or main character-wise that really makes it a bad film. Yeah. So six stones. Six stones. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for the most part with you guys. I think that the... As I look at my theories that I was going into the movie with, I don't know why I thought that we would lose Thor, Captain America, and or uh, Iron Man. Because with, that, with them being gone, there's more resolution. And I know there's a part two coming. And so they did exactly what I should have expected them to, which is not give us any resolution whatsoever. Because then, you know, then you'd have some people who are like, oh, well, Captain America's not in this movie. I'm done. Um, the characters that have been around since day one are still there, um, with the, I mean, with the exception of probably Bucky was, Bucky or Falcon is the longer standing, but even those two are not so much. Um, so I think that it's, it, it gave us what I should have expected. Um, but at the same time, because of all of the discussion that we had, everybody, you know, having all their theories of, oh, because contracts are expiring, oh, they've, they've only signed on for so many, um. We should have we should have definitely um, expected something else. Um, I loved the build up. I loved the pacing. I loved the fact that, um, as Casey had said earlier, that you have really like six different movie types together that melded very well into one. Um, you know, very Infinity Gauntlet of them to do. Um, <laughs> but it just it felt like it was a movie. Like they talk about it if of. 10 years, 18 movies in the making, and it really, until you sit back and look at the very first Iron Man and where they've come from that point, everything has been building up to this. It's, you know, from the first one, it was building the team, getting a team together, um, and that team then was being was fighting Loki, which we find out what Loki was being basically puppeted by Thanos in order to send that first wave Um mm-hmm. And so far, and everything just been building and building and building. All these characters coming together for this one fight, um, and then to see how easily they are all dismissed. It's uh, it's heart wrenching, but it's good. It's good movies. Um, it's definitely just good screenplay writing, and I'm I'm very very happy with where what they did. Um, happy may not be the right word. I'm very pleased with how they did it. Happy? No, I'm depressed now. <laughs> but I'm sad, and I need to cry with some uh, some Haagen-Dazs to get over this one. Um, but luckily, we only have to wait like a couple weeks and we get some Deadpool, and there's nothing sad about Deadpool. I, I, I don't... Yeah, we don't I know. Mean, they could kill off Deadpool. They, they, <laughs> might, they might phase everyone out the same way at the end of it. And go, oh, shit. Be like, he, looks at, he looks at Cable and goes, Thanos, what are you doing? Wrong movie. You know what would be really good is if a post-credits was like Deadpool like fading away. Into the same mist, like ash, and then he appears, and, and then with everybody. and then at the, you see the ash, and it like comes back together, and he's like, ah, fuck you guys, you know, like hey, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a five and a half stones for making me that sad, because it, like I'm serious, it was like hours after it, and like Jordan's like, what's wrong, and I'm like, they killed everybody, I'm like they're <laughs> just sad still. Um, so yeah, I, I I loved it, but screw you, Infinity War for making me so sad. You don't get a full. Full six stones. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up. Um, this is definitely going to be a two-parter, so you guys have now listened to us for two weeks in a row. Um, and and just hopefully by the end you, you stuck around because we got some good puns and everything to, to make that out. <laughs> I so. think all puns are part two. Oh, yeah. So, I think maybe. so. So, All right. Well, um, 
That about wraps it up for us. I will be... I'm not sure. It's two weeks away, so I'm going to have to see by then what movies are out and who's going to be guest hosting. So check out um, either on Twitter at Drive and Eventide or you guys can always email me if you want to complain or give us some, some in memoriam for characters that you missed. And that's uh, Drive and Eventide at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, guys, thank you for coming on. This is awesome. Three new guest hosts. We'll have to have you guys on again for something that is... Not as sad at the end, but still just as thrilling because it was awesome. I'll so. put my hat in for Jurassic World. If Jurassic you World. Want, if you want, if you don't have anybody, I'll throw my hat in for in- that one. Incredibles. I volunteer the tribute. Volunteer. <laughs> All right. Casey's like, I'll just, I'll wait. I'll see. You know what? I'm a movie guy. Anytime you need me. Mm. All right. All right. We've got you guys on speed <laughs> dial. So uh, until next time, guys, drive home safe, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.